Let's talk about when automation does not improve the desired outcomes. I'm Justin Hitt with Inside Strategic Relations. There is certainly a lot of push to automate and to make things go faster. But very often in large organizations, you'll find that the faster you make things go, the slower it actually is in the long run. Now, let me explain. I did a requisition. The requisition was to purchase a headset that cost $50. The requisition was entered in system A. It went through that system and was received by an individual in procurement who then verified which which product I wanted, told me which ones were in inventory. This person literally is able to look at the inventory of these headsets. These are actually headsets for uh, talking on a computer. They're able to look at the inventory. They told me which items were in inventory and asked me which one I needed. Once they found out which ones are in inventory, they updated the requisition in order to identify the one that not only was available, they set one aside. They sent that requisition for final approval. Here's where things broke down. The final approval comes back to me and says, well, that requisition needs to go through a different system. So now we got system B. I go into system B, I make the requisition, and guess what? The items that we verified that are in inventory are not actually in this other system and therefore unavailable, and so I have to pick a different item. And then I go to put in the order, and there's something about the uh, the accountable unit, which is our like a cost model. Uh, it doesn't match. Nothing works. And I go and buy the headset off Amazon. Because my outcome was to have a headset in order to use video secure video conferencing. Uh, my outcome wasn't to, to do all these steps. I didn't need to spend a day or have three or four people involved. Actually, there are people on my team that were involved. Ultimately, all I wanted was a headset. I don't mind paying 50, I think I paid $80 for the headset buying it direct because I'll have a headset faster and I'll be able to work on more important work uh, in the system rather than trying to procure a headset. Now, what really should have happened is I make a requisition, headset headset shows up because I don't really care what kind of headset. You know, sure, there could have been the question whether you want a headset that goes over one ear or two ears. Uh, do you, you know, we all have noise cancellation, but here are the two headsets you have to choose from. That was always my option, two or three headset choices. It wouldn't have mattered if they picked one for me. I put in a requisition, I get a headset. Unfortunately, there was a lot of automation. Uh, there were websites where you could put in your requisition. There were uh, inventory systems that were automated. There were a bunch of uh, passing along. The humans in this series just handed off information. Why is this important for you to understand? First off, sometime these systems were created. Someone put together the time and effort to create a procurement portal where you can go and make requisitions and perhaps when it first was created, it was better than the manual system that was before. It gave maybe gave the organization better accountability. It gave them a better understanding of where uh, discretionary spending was. Maybe it gave them an idea of the inventory faster so they could actually uh, look at inventory on a cycle rather than having to do it real time. And because it was done on a cycle, it was easily, more easily maintained. However, over the years, layers of new value so someone said, well, that works great. Can it also do this? So you have requirement creep. Uh, and then the system got bad. What had not happened, which is obvious by my experience, is that nobody ever went through and actually tested the system to see how many completions they could do per 100 attempts. So how many times does it? are they able to f- actually get a procurement activity done 
per 100 attempts that are within some kind of criteria. So the metrics weren't there. Now, why are metrics important? Well, if you define a system with a certain criteria or a certain set of metrics, and then you periodically test the system with those same criteria and metrics, you'll be able to determine if the product or the automation or the act, the shortcut activity you've created is actually still performing as it was designed. One thing that I, I see very often is that folks designing systems kind of go off and do something else. They don't really it's a point in time, something is done and then they move on. And then every time it's modified, it's a new point in time. There's new criteria. There's new understanding. There's the new quote normal. Well, if you lose the efficiency you initially put into the system by adapting and adjusting the system, the system being used in ways it wasn't intended, then you are actually counterproductive and may have been more profitable for you to continue the manual process. So when I work with clients on business optimization, I want them to be able to do something manually first. You must be able to do this manually. Then we're going to determine what the normal is for the manual activity. How long does it take to do the activity? How, how much does it cost to do the activity? A $50 headset that has four, three procurement people involved and three uh, non-procurement people involved is a very expensive headset. It might have been better for me just to purchase the headset off a list and then it show up. Whether I purchased it with my own money, a corporate credit card, or through a procurement office, it it's, it's really ought to be requisition, product shows up. Now, the approvals are on the backside. The uh, inventory is on the backside. Inventory substitutions would be on the backside as well. Uh, and ultimately, I would have to be satisfied with whatever headset came. But I think I'd be more satisfied with a headset that shows up in a reasonable amount of time than a headset that requires a full day of activity to get in place. Does that make sense to you? See, the real benefit here of looking at not only the initial process in a manual state, but also looking at adaptations through automation in a in its original measures is that you're going to get an overall improvement because ultimately the real outcome is a reduction in time, a reduction in costs, and a increased uh, performance. If you don't get all three of those things, then doing it manually might be the best way of doing it. Now, if you've got 30 or 40 steps in the manual activity, you don't have to automate the whole process. You can simply automate clusters of that activity. You can outsource it to a third party. Uh, You can have administrative people come in to lower the labor costs associated with it. There's like 50 different things that you can do, but the underlying measures of the activity performance, whether it's defects per 100, whether it's uh, the time to completion, whether it's the involvement by a category of employee, all of those measures need to remain. You can't come up and say, well, we got a new system for doing that and uh, you know everything we, we thought about before doesn't matter. You got to carry over those measures. So ultimately from a higher level perspective, you know whether or not you've created an improvement. What I find often in organizations is the more they attempt to automate, the more the employees from a psychological perspective throw that work off to the system. How many times have you called in a place and they told you their computers were slow? So you're calling for customer service and they say, hey, look, my computer's slow. It's going to take a little while to come up here. Or, hey, I'm still searching for the information. What is it about that experience that is going to make the customer relationship better, 
What is it about the experience that's going to make the employee more comfortable in the sense that they don't have to make an excuse for not being able to pull the information up immediately? And then ultimately, what is the cost associated with the system? Uh, I've, I've seen multi-million dollar companies running off of index cards because they had one person in the office, two people in the office that knew exactly how the system worked. That same system for somebody else doesn't work. So again, it's processes and procedures. It's our measures and KPIs to, to measure the performance of the activity. It is determining whether or not the outcome can be achieved through a, an alternative means. It is determining whether the outcome is even worth achieving. Ultimately, folks, if you want more sales, better performance to accomplish more, it isn't just automation. Automation doesn't save you if the foundations aren't there. Those foundations are understanding what you're trying to achieve, how long is it supposed to take, how much is it supposed to cost, uh, you know, whether you're going to get quality and quantity that you're looking for, that balance of quality and quantity, and doing it within the framework of the outcomes that you desire uh, or your project desires or your business desires. If you've got questions about this or anything else, you can reach me at www.insidestrategicrelations.com. I'm Justin Hitt. I help Uh, corporations, individuals, high-income professionals, estate managers, uh, folks handle the day-to-day operations in a way that reduces risk and increases productivity. Uh, And we've been talking about kind of a business process uh, modernization or a business process uh, management that helps you get more accomplished with fewer resources. Thanks for listening. Again, uh, you're, you're listening to the Inside Strategic Relations podcast www.insidestrategicrelations.com Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.